Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Grab your Bibles with me, please, and turn to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Just a couple of verses, 27 and 28. Luke 14. 27, 28. Hey, we got the kids with us today. I'm so glad to see you. Y'all got cute kids, man. I've never seen all these kids before. I need to walk up the hill every once in a while. Thanks for, thanks for uh, coming and bringing the kids. I think it's important from time to time for them to worship with us in the sanctuary. How are we going to raise kids and know how to worship the Lord if they never see us worship the Lord? All right? So those of you who ain't got kids and or don't like kids, just take a deep breath. You'll be okay. The kids are painful, but they're not usually fatal. You'll, you'll be okay, all right? Luke 14, 27, 28, uh, Jesus said this. Jesus said this, y'all. If you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Verse 28, but don't begin, don't begin what? Following Jesus until you count the cost. For who would begin a construction of a building without fir- first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Jesus said, count the cost today. There is a cost associated. There is a price associated with following Jesus. We're going to talk about that in some aspect today. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for the chance to be in your house together today. We so appreciate uh, the opportunity to do this. And Lord, I thank you for those who made the effort to be here, either in person or or, uh, digitally today. And we just pray your blessing on this time in the Word, I pray that you'd help us to understand it and more importantly, help us to apply it and live this out as we learn to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. July 4th, 245 years ago today, in a hot, cramped room in Philadelphia, the founders of this nation, 55 as a matter of fact, signed the Declaration of Independence. It remains one of the most revered documents in all of human history, outlining political theories and human rights aspirations that we've not yet been able to live up to because they're so high. It was a powerful statement to the British government that we were no longer under their rule of law, that God himself, according to the Declaration, God himself had given us the authority to live by a different set of laws. That was in 1776. It was not until 1783 that all the British soldiers were actually off American soil and this nation was able to begin to rule itself. Now, I know when we start talking about history, usually there's one of two reactions. Either your eyes glaze over or you sit up and take notice depending on your particular persuasion. But please don't miss this gap that I just pointed out. There was a seven-year gap between the declaration of our independence and the manifestation of our freedom. 
Seven years. Why is that? If you don't hear anything else today, please listen to this. Because freedom isn't just declared, it's won. Freedom's not just declared, it's won. Freedom takes a fight. You can declare your independence all you want to, but until you defeat the influence of the forces trying to keep you bound, you aren't really free. Now, if, if salvation is our declaration of independence from the kingdom of darkness, then sanctification is our fight for freedom. This declaration, the declaration of the cross, means that you are no longer bound by the law of sin and death. Right? The, the law that enslaved you. That's Romans chapter 6. No longer bound to the law of sin and death. And, and through that de- and though that declaration makes you legally and positionally free, it takes the fight of sanctification to demonstrate that in your life in a practical way. Now, we're not talking about being saved. Jesus bought and paid for that eternally on the cross. When he made that declaration, that's when we were saved. What we're talking about is getting free from the old ways of life that we've grown accustomed to. Now you say, John, listen, I don't, I don't really like to think about my walk with Christ as a fight. I just think that Jesus paid it all, and I'm just going to walk with him right through the pearly gates. And listen, if that's an option, then count me in. Right? I'm down for that. Uh, The the problem is, I don't read that anywhere in the New Testament. I read about the life of uh, Jesus following and Jesus pleasing people as a fight. In Philippians, Paul called his life the good fight of faith. In Romans, Paul also said that he, he, he talked about the fight that was within himself to conform to the word of God and to make sure that uh, sin didn't win out in his life. In Ephesians, Paul talked about uh, putting on the whole armor of God, right? He talked about the fight that we have, a war that we have with evil spirits who conspire to bring us down and keep us connected to our old ways of life, the spiritual warfare that's swirling around us at all times. So as unpleasant and as unappealing as it may be to think about this life as a fight, and despite what somebody might have told you when they offered you the option to be saved, I'm not sure there's a better way to describe the life of following Christ than as a fight. But there's good news today. Can you handle some good news today? Right? There is freedom in Jesus. That's good news. The freedom that Jesus offers is manifested in our lives as we allow him to change us. Right? He unlocks the chains, but we have to step out of them. We talked about it a few weeks ago. We have to put off the old and put on the new. And guess what? Sometimes, depending on how entangled you are in those chains, sometimes that's a fight. It's a fight for freedom. And when you follow Jesus and take up his call to be more like him, then you've got to be absolutely convinced that the freedom is worth the fight. And that's the title of the message today. Freedom is worth the fight. Freedom's worth the fight. So let me ask you this. What are some things in your life, or what are the things in your life that you want to be free from? 
If you're still in chains of addiction to some chemical or to some person or to some behavior, freedom is available to you and freedom is worth the fight. If, if you are still haunted by the memories of past abuse or maybe even present abuse, freedom is available to you and freedom is worth the fight. If you are still hurting from what happened to you in the worst moment of your life, If you're still wounded by church hurt, if you're buried under years of condemnation and criticism and never being able to measure up, if you're still trying to shake negative thought patterns and worldly attitudes, if you're wanting to be different, if you're wanting to be healthier, if you're wanting to be stronger or wiser or kinder or more like Jesus, but it feels like something's hindering you, then let me tell you today, freedom is available to you and freedom is worth the fight. But it's going to take a fight. See, anything that hinders your relationship with God or ties you to your old life, God wants you to be free of it. He died so you could be free of it. But I think it comes down to this. If you want all that God has for you, if you want to benefit from all that Jesus died to give you, then you're going to have to be ready to fight for it and absolutely convinced that freedom is worth the fight. Now, in some ways, our salvation and our subsequent fight for freedom is a lot like the Lazarus story in John 11, that we've been raised back to life by Jesus, but we still have to get out of the grave clothes that associates us with our former status. It's also like the Israel story in uh, Exodus and Numbers. God called them, God got them out of the slavery of Egypt, but it took 40 years in the desert to get the Egypt out of them. They were free, but they were still acting like and thinking like slaves. Pharaoh declared, you can go, you're free, you're no longer my slaves, just like Jesus did for us from the cross when he said, it's finished, it's done, I have signed the declaration. But what happened next? In in Israel, Pharaoh sent the army after Israel. Or in Egypt, he sent the army after Israel. There there was an external attempt to try to drag them back into slavery. Listen, the devil is not going to stop coming after you just because now you are God's property. As a matter of fact, over and over through the years, I've heard from new converts, my life is harder now since I have surrendered myself to the Lord. Well, of course it was. It is. Because in, in that moment, you were, you were a slave to sin. You belonged to your master, the devil. He had no need to come after you. He already had you. But as soon as you start to walk towards the border, as soon as you start to walk towards freedom, he's going to pull every trick in the book on you. But can I give you the good news? Jesus wins. He wins. Stick with Jesus. Stick with Jesus. He wins, the devil loses. There's the quickest summary of this book you're ever going to hear. Jesus wins, the devil loses. The the question is, whose side are you going to be on? Freedom is worth the fight when you're fighting alongside Jesus. 
So yes, the enemy's going to come after you, come against you, but that's probably not even the hardest battle that you're going to face. That's not the biggest problem. The real challenge will come from that old slave nature. Because what happened on the other side of the Red Sea? Because Jesus, the Lord did what? He parted the Red Sea. They walked across. They got away from the enemy army, and the Lord drowned them in the Red Sea. But not three days into their trip to the promised land, when things got a little tight, things got a little difficult, they began to long to go back to Egypt. They started looking behind them. They started comparing their current life with their past life. They said, you know, we like what we used to eat. We want what we used to drink. We miss the familiarity of our former routine. They still had a slave mentality. You say, but John, if they, they just did, had never seen the promised land. If they could see it, if they knew what God had for them, then it would be easier to walk away from the old life. And that does sound logical, doesn't it? Um, except for the fact that God did let them see the promised land, right? He took them right up to the border. He said, y'all send 12 spies, 12 scouts, go on out, scout out the land, come back, tell everybody what it's like. And they did. 12 men went in, 12 men came out. They all had the same report about the land. They said, it is incredible. This land is everything we hoped it would be. It's beautiful. It's a land uh, that poetically, they said, is a land flowing with milk and honey. But 10 of the 12 were more focused on the inhabitants of the land. And, and they said, they're, they're, they're everywhere. Enemy is everywhere. It's occupied. This is beautiful land, yes, but it's occupied. And there's even giants in the land. You see, freedom was calling to them from the other side of the imaginary boundary line that separated them from the promised land. They could see it, and though they felt the pull of the promise, they could not get over the fear of the fight. They felt the pull of the promise, couldn't get past the fear of the fight. Listen, as you become more like Jesus, as you walk closer and closer to the freedom that calls to us, you're going to have to face some giants. You're going to have to face uh, some things that have been standing in your family for generations. Things that have been looming in your life since you were a child. Armies, enemy armies of pain and past and sin will be occupying every square inch of your old life. It's scary. It's intimidating. But there's three things that the other two spies, Caleb and Joshua, there's three things Caleb and Joshua knew that the other ten just couldn't get. And, and these three things will help us as we face our giants, as we get, go on our quest to win our freedom as well. And here's the first thing, and it's just a reminder, you've heard this before. Freedom is worth the fight. Caleb and Joshua were not afraid of the fight. They realized. See, they saw the promise. They saw, oh, they tasted what freedom was going to be like. And they didn't care how fierce the fight was. They knew that what waited for them on the other side of the battle was beyond anything they had ever known. And they wanted that with every fiber of their being. Can you see yourself living in freedom 
from whatever it is that's holding you back? Can you see yourself free from the chains and the burdens? What is it the old hymn says? Would you be free from the burden of sin? Can you imagine yourself free? Well, then there's power in the blood of Jesus, right? Freedom calls to us, but it's going to be a fight. So if you want to be free, then determine in yourself today that you're going to fight for it. It's been promised to you. It's been provided for you. So take it. Take it. Freedom is worth the fight. Now here's the second thing. Uh, This is God's plan. So he already knows about the giants. God could have sent them to an unoccupied land. He could have wiped the inhabitants off the property until his, before his people got there. He didn't. God had a plan. See, God never just sets you free from something. He sets you free to something. He brought them out of slavery, not just because slavery is awful, but because freedom is awesome. So he didn't just rescue them. The plan was not just to rescue them. And then he got them in the desert and said, well, shoot. What am I going to do with a couple of million people? You got to put them somewhere. He had a plan all along. Caleb and Joshua didn't see the fight as an interruption to God's purpose. They knew this was God's purpose All along. So they didn't get intimidated by it. They just figured if God had the power to get them out, He'd have the power to get them through. See, God knows how hard the fight is, but He also knows it's necessary to get you to a place of freedom. Now, here's here's the third thing that Caleb and Joshua knew that we need to remember in our fight for freedom, and that is that God provides the plan and the power. For victory. He provides the plan and the power for victory. Joshua and Caleb knew that when you're pursuing a godly goal, you're not fighting in your own power. Remember what, what we found out in the I Can't series that God has provided, this is, I think, First Peter, First or Second Peter, God has provided all the power that you need to live uh, for life and godliness, right? He's given you great and precious promises to give you the ability to fulfill the plan of God in your life. He gives you the power. Caleb and Joshua knew that God was on their side and would give them the strength and the wisdom and the strategy that they would need to defeat the enemy and occupy the land. And, and, and they knew this is why they had been brought out in the first place. And if you read the accounts in the New Testament, once they did, 40 years later, get into the promised land, Fight after fight, battle after battle, except for the one that they excluded God from because of sin. He fought for them. Sometimes went ahead of them, sometimes surrounded them, sometimes just did it, and all they had to do was walk in and receive. But it was always, always the power of God who did it. They, they knew this is why God brought them out. Let me, Galatians, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 said it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom that Christ set us free then. And, and do, stand firm then and do not burden yourselves or do not allow yourselves to be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. 
It's for freedom that Christ set us free. So don't get entangled again in the stuff that he's already delivered you from. He saved you to set you free. He didn't die on the cross so you could continue to be bound by your chains and hindered by your habits. He declared you free on the cross. And he gave you the power to be free at the resurrection through his Holy Spirit, which lives inside each of us. Don't settle. Don't settle for the wilderness when he's offering you the promised land. The declaration of our spiritual independence was signed in his blood, the precious blood of Jesus. So now use the power that he gave you to get free and to stay free. Push the enemy away. Drown them in the sea behind you. Refuse to cave in to the cravings of your old life. Stop thinking about that life of sin as the good old days. Those were not the good old days. Jesus did not save you from fun. He saved you from hell. So no matter what we face on this earth, it's still better than what we were, where we were going before we found him. Right? You were a slave. You were a slave. I know the unknown is intimidating and the future is unfamiliar, but freedom is worth the fight. Sometime last year, I think, I watched the movie Harriet. I don't know if you've seen this. If you haven't, you should. Harriet. Uh, having been a history major in college, I was familiar with the story. But this latest movie is a really compelling and inspiring telling of the life of Harriet Tubman, the best-known and most successful conductor of the Underground Railroad, leading slaves in America from slavery to freedom. Having been a slave herself... And having escaped to freedom, she repeatedly went back into slave territory again and again to lead other people to the freedom that she knew. It was incredibly dangerous work. Work she did not have to do. But over and over again, she volunteered to go and rescue other people. Scared people. Frightened terrified. She convinced them to take the journey with her across hundreds of miles of wilderness, fighting the elements, all while being hunted like prey by professional bounty hunters. Why did she do it? And why did the slaves follow her into such danger? Because she convinced them of a truth that she had come to believe from her knowledge of God in the Word and from her own personal experience. She convinced them, eyeball to eyeball, that freedom is worth the fight. Freedom is worth the fight. And when the trip got difficult, and it did, when, when things looked uncertain, when things looked like they were just having, having uh, left a life of slavery, now they were just going to die trying to escape to freedom, she continually and sometimes forcefully reminded them of the why behind their what. The, the what, the journey was awful. But the why, their freedom, made it worth it. 
Listen, ladies and gentlemen, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth not because he had to. He volunteered to come and to lead us out of slavery to sin and into the promised land of relationship with God our Father. And his earthly journey was horrifying. He suffered unbelievable pain. Why? So he could show us the way home. The way to freedom. And in a manner of speaking, for every person who's interested in being free, he returns to get each one of us and takes us by the hand and leads us home. He told us the road would not be easy, didn't he? He told us this is not the wide and welcoming road that most people are walking. This is a narrow and difficult road. It's a road of self-denial and sacrifice. It's a road of discipline and discipleship. But through the trials and through the tribulations, through the difficulty of separating ourselves from our old lives, even though we walk sometimes through the valley of the shadow of death, he walks beside us, reminding us of why we're doing it. Reminding us that freedom is worth the fight. So today Jesus is calling us. He's calling us to follow him. To follow him to healing. To follow him to holiness. To follow him to kingdom work. Follow him to the freedom that he provides us from the pains and the chains of our past. And to follow him to a brand new life in Christ. The road will not be easy. He only promised it would be worth it. Freedom's worth the fight. And don't get overwhelmed. Because if we stopped and made a list, right? If I said, take out a sheet of paper. Let's make a list of all the ways that we're still connected to our old lives. Let's make a list of all the things we're still, um, we're still addicted to. All the things that still have us bound. Some of us would have to ask for another sheet of paper. Right? Don't get overwhelmed by that. Don't get overwhelmed by just how far you need to go and what all you need to conquer. One step at a time. Fortunately, there were no drones in ancient Israel. They didn't fly over the entire land and see every city and every fortification and every, uh, every enemy that they were going to have to fight. They could only see the one city in front of them, one at a time. And how did they get into the promised land a few years later? One fight, one victory at a time. Don't worry about, will you ever get to the end of your list? Just take the next fight in front of you. And he'll celebrate every little victory, large or small. He'll celebrate every victory with you. And every taste of freedom that you get in one area of your life will motivate you to want it in another area of your life and another and another until we're truly free listen all of us still feels the effects of our past to some extent but remembering the past you're like oh John man I can still remember those days I still remember what it's like to wake up that next day I still remember what it's like the pain that I caused people 
remembering the past is not the same as being bound by your past. Scars are okay. Limps are welcome in the body of Christ. It reminds you of where you were when God found you. But you read the Old Testament, if you read the whole thing, you read the Psalms, you read everything, it seems like every time they got together, God took them, the, the prophets, the priests, the scribes, they took them all the way back to Egypt and they told the story all over again. Every time. Why is that? Because God wants to remind us of what we were delivered from. It's okay to remember what you were bound by as long as you don't forget that you were set free. We need to be grateful. That was the reason. Passover, every, every year at Passover, they tell the story again and again to make them grateful for what they fought for and what they won by God's power and God's favor. So remember, freedom is worth the fight. He knows about the giants. They don't surprise him or scare him. And he's going to give you everything you need to be free. Y'all stand with me today. Let me ask you this. What, what one area do you want to start with in your life? Just one. You can't kill everybody, right? You can't just go wipe out your whole thing. One thing. One thing. What's that one thing that God's leading you? That His Holy Spirit is beginning to bring up in your mind, in your heart right now. That one thing that you've been hoping He didn't see. And sure hoping He didn't remind you of. He knows about it. Might be a giant to you. It's nothing but a thing to him. Right? He'll lead you through it. You just got to trust him and lean into his power. Remember, I can't, you can't, but with God, through Christ, all things are possible. All things. So let's just give it to him today. Let's declare our freedom by faith because it takes faith and works. Right? It takes faith and works. So by faith, let's declare our freedom through Christ and then commit to working for our freedom, fighting for our freedom. We're going to pray. Let's just bow our heads. Let's spend a little bit of time right now just uh, standing here as he plays. I don't know about you. I don't get very many quiet moments in my life. So let's take a few quiet moments. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Then we'll pray together and be dismissed, okay? thank you for this song that he's playing straight out of scripture where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and we thank you Lord that those of us who know you, you have given us your spirit, every one of us and I pray God that we surrender to your spirit more and more every day, less of us more of you that we don't lean to our own understanding but in all of our ways we acknowledge you 
because you'll direct our path. And the path always leads to freedom with you. So Lord, as you just remind us, as you bring to our mind the ways and the things that that may still connect us to our old lives, the things that we we need to get free of, the, the grave clothes that we need to take off, the chains that we need to walk out from, the old man that we need to put off, all the ways that you said it all through the New Testament. Help us to do that. And that we fight for it until we're free, completely free to enjoy a life that you provided for us on the cross. Lord, help us. Help us not to get confused. Lord, this is not about our work. It's not about our effort and our power and our ability to change ourselves. This is about us being willing to fight spiritual battles and surrendering our lives to you. And Lord, if there's one here today that does not know you, he says, John, this is kind of interesting to me that that there's a God who will fight battles for me, who provides for myself salvation when I know I can't do it on my own. I pray, God, that you would draw those people by your Spirit to surrender their hearts and lives to you today. And listen, before we dismiss, I wonder if you'd keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Is there, is there a person today um, who's in this room or a person who's watching online who'll reach out through social media or through some other electronic means and say, listen, I don't know. I don't know this freedom you're talking about. I don't know this salvation through Jesus. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Is there a person here today that says, I would like to today surrender myself to Jesus, my past, everything, my chains, my addictions. I want to give him everything today. Would you just slip up your hand so I know how to pray for you? Would you do that? Is there anybody? Is there anybody that would like to surrender themselves to the Lord today? I wonder also, is there maybe somebody who says, John, I I got the declaration of independence. I'm saved. But man, there's a lot of things in my life I'm still working on. Man, there's a lot of ways it seems like the enemy still got me bound. And I want to be free. And I just want you to pray for me that I will be free. Is there anybody that can slip their hand up and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Pray for me that I get free of those things. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hands all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, let's pray together. Father, this is a pretty easy prayer for me to pray because I've been there. Been there, done that. Still need to keep doing it. Lord, I just confess to you, and I, and I want to encourage you, if you know you're bound in some particular way, some area you want to get free from, would you just sort of pray alongside of me? You don't have to repeat my words, but, but Lord, I, I, I admit that there are still things in my life that are not pleasing to you that are still connecting me to my old life, some things that are still binding me. I still feel like a slave to some things in my life, and I know that you died on the cross to set me free. Lord, I want to experience that freedom. So, Lord, right now I confess to you, I repent of my sin. I confess these things to you. Confess that they are not right, that I don't want them anymore. And I'm surrendering those areas of my life to you. And, Lord, I pray that you'd give me the courage to face these fights that might be ahead. The courage to sacrifice my own Uh, to surrender my own wants and desires, to sit down and count the cost, to take up the cross and follow you. 
follow you all the way to freedom. And Lord, I just thank you that you've given me the power through your Holy Spirit to be free. And I pray that you help me to surrender my life to you more and more every day. And that every day I walk in more and more and more freedom. So Lord, as as the pastor of this flock, Lord, I just pray healing over them. I just declare healing and freedom, surrender, holiness, Christ-likeness. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us not to stop until we're more and more and more like you. God, be glorified and honored in everything that we do, everything that we say, and all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.